My story. The reality of the truth is so wonderful. I want people to know and have the hope that I have today, especially when there are so many religions around and people just don't know what to turn to for comfort. I often ask people, why would God get involved if the truth was here already? Why would God sacrifice his only son to destroy sin? If a way out was here before Jesus Christ died on the cross, Jesus said to his disciples, Let no man deceive you. And, My people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Meaning not knowing and understanding the Bible thoroughly, he was warning them of the problems that may come through the lack of knowledge and understanding. I am relating to you my testimony and my experiences with the Indian religion, how it works and why, so you will understand why you should rid yourself completely of this bondage. All of my stories speak of the fear that can come upon people by the works of the devil. In my travels, ministering across most of Canada and many parts of the United States, I have witnessed that many of my own native brothers and sisters in the Lord even those who are evangelists, preachers, ministers of the gospel, fear the medicine men and medicine women, shamans. Not because of respect, but real fear. I know that these ministers grew up in the midst of black magic, witchcraft and sorcery, where there are curses, spells and bad luck wishes, where you can witness people being crippled, blinded, and even as much as a life taken by the spirit world. You might have wondered how a life is taken by witchcraft, sorcery, and black magic. So just to enlighten you, here is how it is done. Here is one of my stories that speak death instead of life. I am telling this story partly because God Almighty used it to answer one of my questions. When I heard this story from a Cree woman up in northern Alberta, it sort of baffled me. At first, I thought she must have also been puzzled or confused by the events that took place during the hunt by two men that she described to me. According to her story, a curse had been spoken by an enemy against the order of the two men, a curse of death. So this man and his young brother-in-law, who was around 16 or 17 years old, went out on their trap line to hunt moose. At one point during the hunt, they split up, and the older of the men told his partner where they would rendezvous. It happened the young man got to this place first and waited for his brother-in-law to show up. By the young man's account, he was sitting on a fallen tree by a game trail, having a smoke, when he saw this moose coming down the game trail. He had his gun by his side, ready to be fired, so he grabbed it, lifted it to his shoulder, aimed, and shot. It was a direct hit. The moose went down. The young man ran down the game trail, and when he got to where he thought the moose had fell, he found his brother-in-law shot through the heart, dead. Now the woman, after telling me this story, said the older people in our community, meaning the medicine men and women, because I asked, you mean the medicine men and women? She said, yes were asked to explain what happened because we all know that the medicine men and women can change shape, or as some call it, shape shift. It doesn't matter. But the thing here is that P 
people have seen this shape changing take place. Other eyewitnesses reports have also been related to me. Because we know that in Indian country these things happen, the medicine men and women all explain these sorts of stories in a much the same way. They will declare that this older man had a shape change and turned himself into a moose, probably just to tease his younger brother-in-law, but it backfired on him. The woman who told me this story was a believer in Christ. After she told me all of this, she asked me, Is this what happened? Can these people actually change into animal shapes? I said, Yes, they can. Then she continued, So do you, a former medicine man, think and agree with the answer these medicine men and women gave? Is it accurate? I hesitated for a moment before I answered her. That's when I heard this still, small voice say to me, No, it wasn't. It was mind control. The young man was used in this case because he was young and naive. He was used as part of this curse. Mind control is used to cloud the mind. It makes you do things that you don't normally do, and say things you don't normally say, feel things, your emotions, you don't normally feel, and can also completely take over your mind where you black out and still keep doing things and walking around aimlessly, or it can draw you to whatever it pleases. In this case, they use witchcraft to make this young man think he saw a moose. His mind was distorted. He was under the control of the spirit world. I keep repeating this verse of scripture in John 10, verse 10. Quote, he, the devil, came to kill, steal, and destroy. End quote. I would like to touch on a little bit more on mind control here. Like I've been saying, my brother-in-law taught me so much on how to survive out in the wilderness. These are the times he would tell me stories while we were by the fire or outside or inside a cabin, always we would be skinning hides of fur-bearing animals, stretching and drying them, getting them prepared for the fur buyers. He also taught me how to contract work, how much a mile, how much per acre, how much a load, how much per hour, etc. It was during one of these leisure times my brother-in-law told me this story on how a young woman from our reservation fell in love with him even though he had no contact with her. This story happened years before he stayed with my sister, when he was just a young adolescent. Back in those days, you were considered a man at a very young age. Anyway, this young woman had this crush on him so bad that she would make passes at him every chance she got. My brother-in-law just would not acknowledge her advances because he wanted nothing to do with her. Nevertheless, the parents of this young woman were offended by the actions of my brother-in-law. By avoiding this young woman, those parents assumed that my brother-in-law was thinking too highly of himself and that their daughter wasn't good enough for him. This prompted them to seek vengeance for their daughter by hiring a medicine man to draw my brother-in-law to unite with this young woman by placing this mind control curse upon my brother-in-law. He told me that he was out trapping with his father during the winter when this happened. Just out of the blue, he thought of this young woman, entered his mind, and it took over his mind. The thought for this young woman would stay for hours at a time. Eventually, feelings for her started taking over his emotions. He started longing for her. 
it got to a point where the spirit took over his life. It was constant, everyday torment. At times, it drove him insane. He would be doing his daily routine of what a person is required to do during trapping, by instinct. He also told me that he would get unbearably lonely for this young woman, especially when the day was coming to a close, when the sun disappears beyond the horizon. He would get this powerful urge to go back to the reservation. One day, he decided to set snares out for the squirrels, most times it's easy to cover a dozen miles a day setting these snares on foot. At the one point, he came across a big squirrel house, so he got his long, small spruce rail and started limbing it with his small axe. While getting this rail ready to put his snares on it, he suddenly blacked out. And during this blackout, he started walking, wandering aimlessly led by this mind-control spirit. When he got his mind back, it was like he woke up in a strange place and he didn't know where he was at. Good thing it was winter, so he decided to backtrack. He found out that he had wandered approximately a mile and one half as the crow flies. But it was more like three miles to get where he had started. He had zigzagged over the hills and back over again. He had wandered all over the countryside. During when all of this was happening, his father was noticing his strange behavior and started worrying about his son. Shortly afterward, his father decided he had seen enough and told him, We're going home for a while. My brother-in-law said that he felt very happy that they were going to go home. He didn't know what his father had in mind when he said this. When they got back home, his father hired a medicine man to find out what has happened to him. That is how this curse was revealed to them. According to my brother-in-law, that same medicine man broke the curse that was placed upon my brother-in-law. Now, I will go back to shape-changing or shape-shifting. An eyewitness told me this story. First of all, he said he never believed in signs and wonders. He heard many stories in his time about phenomenon, unusual sights and spiritual activity, he passed it off as fables until this very strange, unexplainable thing he witnessed happened while duck hunting along Lac Santan. He said he saw something white in the distance along the lake. The grass along the lake was about chest high, and just as the tips of the grass, he saw a movement like four white arms or hands waving. I'm talking about the days when the Indian and also the white man traveled by teams of horses, buggy and wagons. In those days, there were hundreds of wild horses on our reserve. There were well-beaten-down horse trails all over the reservation, so he went into the bush as fast as he could, and half ran, half walked on the horse trail. He came across a wagon trail that led to the lake. He quickly half ran down this wagon trail to the opening of the lake, he said that he was curious to find out what it was that he saw in the distance that was waving. When he got to the opening of the lake, he saw a white horse rolling in the dirt along the lake. When it stood up, a man was standing there instead of a horse. He recognized the person, even though this man never looked his way at all. It seemed like he never even noticed that he was there. Instead, this man walked away into the bush and disappeared. He told me that he heard later by someone else that this person he saw 
acknowledged being seen by someone while shape-changing. To me, at that time, these stories were told me they were unbelievable. Mom's grandmother told her this story that was relayed on to me because Mom raised me. I used to sit by her side when she was sewing or cooking and listen to these stories. She said one of her grandmother's cousins used to carry a coyote hide all neatly folded inside his shirt under his armpit. The coyote hide was a special gift from the spirit world. In an emergency, he would take the coyote hide by the nose and snap it. He would do this several times, and when he got it all unfolded and straightened out, he would hold it against his chest with both arms, make himself fall down on the ground and roll around, and he would turn into that animal. One time, he had to cross this huge lake called Slave Lake during the winter on his way to sell his fur and buy groceries. For those who didn't understand trapping, the fur-bearing animals are sold for money. Money is then used for survival items such as groceries, clothing, guns, shells, traps, snares, etc. The children then are expecting a treat each time the furs are taken to the market. His family, his wife and children, came with him as far as the lake shore where this man shape-shifted into this coyote and ran across the lake. You know how inquisitive children are? Well... All I was asking about were the goodies as a child, so right away I asked Mum, What about the fur? He forgot the fur. She laughed and said, Son, I don't know if you're old enough to really understand what I'm about to tell you, but I'll tell you anyway. Those days, they were very gifted from the spirit world. They made supernatural things happen with no problem. Don't you think if this man could change himself into an animal that he can do other things just as amazingly unbelievable? Don't ask me how it was done, but it was done. His fur was waiting for him on the other side of the lake. I never for once doubted. I just thought to myself, wow. I remember when I first started in the ministry. This is after I was set free from all the strongholds the enemy had on me. Fear would try to take over. Fear of the ruler of the darkness of this world. I continue to have flashbacks of what the devil did to people yesterday. 37 years of total domination, witnessing firsthand the damage these evil spirits can do to human beings, was enough to cause these scenes to hinder me. But, praise God, it didn't take God long to teach me that I had his power within me, and all that fear disappeared completely. I started off my life, born into the spirit world of our ancestors, on July 12, 1945, along the west shores of the beautiful Lac St. Anne in Alberta, Canada. I was the youngest of five children. I had three brothers and one sister. The day of my birth was a day given to honoring, exalting, and worshipping. It was what the North American Indians call Sundance. It is where many different tribes of Indians gather to honor their grandfather, ancestral spirits who come from our forefathers' bloodlines. Exodus 20 verses 4 and 5 tells us where the ancestral strongholds and spirits come from. Quote, Visiting the iniquity of the father upon the children unto the third and fourth generation of them that hate me. End quote. 
My father was a disciple of a sun dance maker. As a helper, he was chosen for life to back up the sun dance maker. Even though my mother was due to have me, they were gathered to honor my father's chosen position with pride. Not only do the people gather at this time of worship, but also the spirits, or grandfathers, that came down from generations through covenants made by our forefathers. For this was made for them. Offerings and sacrifices were made throughout the year, along with ceremonies and rituals in order to come to this place of worship. I was born in the midst of all of this. Even while in my mother's womb, I was already under the power of the forces of the air, that is to say the spirit world or the prince of the power of the air, and destined to become one more in the circle of spiritual leaders. My mother used to tell me a story of how three spirits manifesting in human form came down into our tent that early morning when I was born to give me a name. There were three old ladies who sat around me debating what name best fit this situation. Finally, one of them suggested the name Little Thunderclap, and they agreed, saying, At this particular time, the Thunderbird spirit is honored ultimately at a Sundance. My mother explained to me the belief of the name that was chosen for me. It is believed that there are eaglets, or baby Thunderbirds, that fly ahead of their parents, playing and fooling around, striking anything at random. The thunder sounds sort of like a gunshot or a sudden tear of a thick canvas. And so my journey through life began.